Hello and welcome to this ninth edition of the Lakerside Chats. I'm your host, Alan Ramich, as always. Got a fantastic guest on tonight. He is the host of the Locked on Lakers podcast, co-founder of Lakers Outsider, and he's also a contributor to Silver Screen and Roll, Anthony Irwin. Welcome to the show. You saying that stuff re- reminds me that that way too many people care what I think. <laughs> Not even my I can talk about this stuff around the house and Jen isn't, isn't even interested in, in hearing me talk. So <laughs> but I, I appreciate you having me on. No, man, I appreciate you. And just to give a little bit of insight, you guys, you in particular, Locked on Lakers was a big reason why I started this. So thank you anyway, man. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have noticed i've definitely noticed my hate hater ratings gone up a lot since i started this podcast i've been getting a lot of not very nice messages <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if you criticize the lakers at all it's it's god forbid your, uh, your invoice gets flooded a little bit god god forbid you actually like put your actual opinion out there mm-hmm. yep anything you Anything new happen with the Lakers? I, I don't seem to have heard to have heard anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's another quiet day here. Magic Johnson is either in or out of the meetings. Uh, Kawhi Leonard apparently wants to meet with. Well, Kawhi Leonard's camp apparently wants to meet with Magic, uh, and that's coming from Stephen A. Smith and Brad Turner. Both reporters have direct ties to Magic Johnson, so it's impossible to see how this is all going to go. And and by the way, this is like. 48 hours before free agency officially kicks off, it's going to be a wild next week or so. Honestly, because obviously I'm in Europe, the time difference is going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) But I enjoy it. It, it, It's fun. It's fun, nevertheless. So we started off this morning with Stephen A. Smith making a huge thing about Kawhi legitimately considering the Lakers. What are your thoughts behind all it? Because we obviously, you recorded your Locked on Lakers podcast before all this happened. So what's your theory on the new news that has broken in the past eight, nine hours or so? I think it all comes down to not, nobody knows anything about Kawhi Leonard right now. Uh, that, that, that's, that's been my stance on this kind of from the get-go when Adrian Wojnarowski and other reporters out, were, were out there saying that the Lakers had no chance. I, I thought it was kind of dismissive. I thought it was kind of reductive. I, I guess it all kind of just comes down to this. If anything is possible, nothing is therefore impossible, right? And so if 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 nobody knows anything about Kawhi Leonard, then there is no scenario here that anybody can fully write off. So I think the Lakers were always in it just by that definition. Then they opened up the cap space and apparently interests across the league from all these free agents went up. Uh, and and it seems like that interest going up was also, uh, that also came from Kawhi Leonard's camp. And and you know what? The Lakers have a meeting. And, and quite frankly, if you were to stack resumes against each other, they have about as good a chances as any team that is still in the thick of things here. Oh, are you sure that we don't have like 15 million in cap room? Yeah. I have to make this perfectly clear. Are you yeah. sure we're able to talk to Kawhi Leonard? Yep, they have, uh, as of right now, they have like 32.9 or 8 or something like that in cap space. I think they are they have just enough to be able to sign him, use the room exception on, on you know, probably their starting point guard, and then, and then fill out the roster with veteran minimum guys, 
who, by the way, like the the type of veteran minimum guy that the Lakers would be able to have access to is going to be a little bit better than the typical veteran minimum signing that that most other teams are going to be able to make. So the Lakers, you know, it, this was always going to be the case. That's why it always made more sense to just move off of Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonka, and Jamario Jones because because this outcome, this situation that the Lakers find themselves in, this was always going to be the result of of them doing so. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? It's been refreshing the past week or so. There's not been anything negative to talk about. And I find that really weird because we're a franchise in the past six years has basically been almost entirely negative. <laughs> so yeah. it's been nice. Uh, yeah. It, I, I don't know if I would go so far as to say there's been nothing negative. I, I think it's been more that they haven't completely screwed up in ways that are so clear that it just it just showed up that way. I think there's been a lot of confirmation bias here with especially as it pertains to like Rob Polinka and the in the opening of cap space that people were saying like, "See, he's been a genius all along." And then Teron Liu is sitting there in the background like, "Nope, no no no. I I've witnessed this first <laughs> firsthand. I've seen him at work. Not a genius, you know?" Uh so I I think we got to wait this thing out before we make any kind of concrete statements about what the Lakers are or are not capable of and then kind of go from there. One statement I can definitely make, he's better at his job than Magic Johnson was. Seems I, like it. <laughs> I've got no doubts about that. Yeah, it 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 certainly seems that way and and I went on uh, the Silver Screen and Roll podcast yesterday with Jass and uh, and he and I were talking and he asked, you know, and then I and, and pre- earlier that week I talked to we were able to talk to Mark Stein on that same feed. And, and you know, I asked, hey, is the Lakers standing throughout the league and, you know, is their perception improved? Uh, is it the same? How has it changed, if at all, since Magic left? And, you know, Stein said said basically there's still a bunch of things that they have to figure out and. And my answer yesterday when I when when I was asked a similar question was basically how many other president of basketball operations throughout the league are only there once or twice a month, right? Can't be very many. I can't imagine very many president of basketball operations for any of the 30 teams out there in the NBA are only there, you know, so sparingly that that Rob Polinka is able to move himself into that that power vacuum and eventually get uh, Magic Johnson out of there, right? And and so in that respect, the Lakers, it's they got better by way of, you know, ridding themselves of a disadvantage. It was a legitimate disadvantage that Magic Johnson wasn't around the team all the time, wasn't fully invested in in paying attention to the league, and and as a result, you know, Rob Polinka just by being there more often is probably a better executive than than Magic Johnson was. Uh, definitely. And while I'm very much on your camp where let's not count our chickens before they roost, like let's see this thing play out before we say Rob Palinka is the greatest general manager of all time, like I've seen a lot on the timeline already. <laughs> let's get through this meeting with Kawhi. Because yeah. as we've seen it, Either Anthony Davis will be there or he won't be there. He's not allowed to be there technically because he's still a Pelicans player till July the 6th. Magic Johnson isn't. I find it weird that Magic Johnson isn't allowed to be part of the meeting, though, because like Tom Brady's been part of like Celtics pitches and stuff. So like, 
why can't we have like one of our greatest players of all time be in a meeting hypothetically anyway? I don't understand it. Yeah, it's the whole this whole new new cycle that the Lakers are on right now. The the latest bit of information to come out about what the Lakers are planning or what what is desired in in all these free agent meetings from the Lakers. It strikes me as odd. It the, the everything about it strikes me as odd. Like I'll put it this way: Why, if it was, if it was any executive, why would somebody who just went out and torched the franchise on national television, uh, who, who uh, alleged that the current general manager of the franchise stabbed them in the back, and and you know did so multiple times, right? It would and and did so explicitly too. By the way, it wasn't like implicit you know somebody there did this or whatever he came out and flat out said rob polinka stabbed me in the back and you know for Kawhi leonard i would imagine one of the things that he holds at the uh, as an utmost priority is going to be trust with the organization and if that's the case how can magic johnson sit there in this meeting and say that the lakers are an organization that that Kawhi leonard can trust having gone on ESPN and said the that said the things that he said about the Lakers. So so either Magic is is going to cop to to you know uh exaggerating some of the claims that he made against Rob Palenka and against other people without throughout the Lakers or he's going to say that the Lakers are better off without him and therefore Kawhi should stop should sign with the Lakers now that he isn't there because they're better off now. Like if he says those things then fine then then that's a legitimate claim that the Lakers can make, and 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 he serves a value in those in those meetings. But I just knowing what we know about Magic Johnson right now, he just seems he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would do that. No, I feel like he has the least self awareness of anyone I've ever seen. Rich person, <laughs> he is so he has no idea. He, he seems to feel like that was just a perfectly fine thing to go and first take and torch the franchise like that. On Frank Vogel's press conference, they no less. Yeah. Uh, I think we're better off without having him as president of basketball operations, personally. But at the same time, like, he gives out the wrong message half the time. Like, he seems like he's super for Rob Polinka at times and then says he stabbed him in the back. And then he says that him and Jeannie haven't really talked since. I don't know if you saw that quote. Yep. Yeah, it's been all of his things. So with most powerful people, when they go speak publicly, they have some kind of plan for what they're going to say when they go out there. Right. It's usually it's usually a plan that's put together by a team of PR people to make sure said powerful person sounds powerful, sounds organized, sounds put together. But Magic Johnson has never operated that way. When he goes out and he speaks publicly, he wants everything to come off the cuff. He wants to improvise. He wants to turn on that charisma. And and look, that charisma has served him really, really well, right? He's that look, I, I've been able to to meet him not in a in a Lakers format, but when I was running Dodgers Nation, I was there for uh, Dave Roberts his uh, introductory press conference, and and Magic Johnson walks in. Uh, a few of us from the media were we we had a, a small scrum with him. He excuse me introduced himself and and was incredibly nice and incredibly charismatic. And when he talks to you, 
you feel like you're the only person in the room. That said, that that same charisma, now that we know how things went while he was uh, president of basketball operations with the Lakers, like it's lost a bit of its luster. And and you can kind of see through that charisma when he's out there on TV. And, and you know, I'll use this as, as an example. We I, I have a group DM with a few uh, buddies who who cover teams throughout the uh, throughout the NBA, and one of them was on there and and said, you know, a- a- after the NBA awards when they honored Larry Bird and they honored Magic Johnson, one of them said, like, you know, he seems a little more fake now. And I said, of course he does. He's been absolutely neutered. The Lakers, as soon as Magic Johnson left. They went out and made the trade that that Magic Johnson couldn't that helped derail the Lakers. That 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 air that 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 air of majesty that that LeBron or that Magic brought to uh, his persona like that's gone. And and now it's some guy who's trying to fake his through his way through that charisma, and and people just aren't buying it. I've been shocked at the comment sections that we have on Silver Screen and Roll. Whether we send out a tweet about Magic, whether we. We write an article about magic and we put it on Facebook in our own comment section. Like it's wild how how people have just said, you know what? I've had enough of this guy. Uh, he, he's very clearly about himself before anything else, especially the Lakers, and and therefore it's time to move on. It's been crazy. This is Magic Johnson we're talking about. Before he took his job with the Lakers, he was the he was seen as bar none, the greatest Laker of all time, one of the absolute icons in all of the the entire city of Los Angeles, in all of California, maybe one of the all-time icons in American professional sports history. And his own fan base now is sick of him. It's it's been wild to watch this up uh, up close and personal. I'll take it one step further. He's an icon in world sports because he transcends everything because obviously the HIV and AIDS people in England and Europe, Europe to a lesser extent, but England definitely who never heard of basketball know who Irving Johnson is because of the whole thing that he transcends it. And it's like what you said, it just seems a lot faker now and it's a shame. It really is because I, I genuinely loved magic beforehand and yeah. I just can't look at him the same way anymore. And it is a shame because it like, is. we are talking about, it, like you said, the greatest Laker of all time as a player anyway. You know, it's Even funny. Like- we're we're having this conversation right now and I'm not kidding at all, Alan. Uh, a text I literally just got right now from my wife, who is a casual NBA fan. She is a Laker fan, mostly because when we first started dating, that was back during the, uh, you know, when we first started dating, the Lakers were still good and still relevant. Uh, we we were able to watch the finals together when they beat Boston. So so Jen is a Laker fan who cares deeply about the Lakers, who cares deeply about because of, you know, I get to tell her about all the, the, the history of the Lakers and these things. So she cares deeply about this organization. She sends me a, 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 a screen grab of the most recent article here. This is from Lakers Outsiders. She, she uh, sends me a, a screen grab of the headline and she, <laughs> quote, seriously, Go away, Magic. Like, the, <laughs> while we're talking right now, while, while we're talking, this actually just happened. Wild. So let, let's pivot back to Kawhi Leonard. Go ahead. The greatest thing I can find from all this is, I think if someone reached out from Kawhi's camp, it was more likely than not to be Uncle Dennis, mm-hmm. because he seems like the type of guy who would greatly appreciate the opinion of Magic Johnson, because of the, obviously... 
his age and the time when he grew up in Los Angeles, how prevalent Magic Johnson was, I feel like it's a good sign because, like we said, while we know nothing about what Kawhi is actually going to do, the fact that he wants a serious meeting with the Lakers and the fact that while Stephen A. Smith's opinions on basketball, and I say this all the time to people, are stupid and you shouldn't listen to him, he does have connections within the NBA and he's proven that. And he has good connections as well. It's not like, you know, he doesn't know people. People legitimately, like, talk to him and stuff. So if he has heard something, I I have no doubts. Like, I I don't see any reason to, like, doubt him. You know what I mean? So here's my – I agree with you in a larger sense uh, that that so long as you know whom uh, Stephen A. Smith is connected with, you, his reporting starts to make a little bit more sense in that respect. He's also reported. I, I would love to put together a supercut of all of the various scenarios Stephen A. Smith has reported over the course of the offseason to this point. Right? It was a done deal that that Kevin Durant was going to going to the Knicks, and then then it wasn't a done deal that he was going to the Knicks, and now it's it was a done deal that that Durant and and Kyrie. We're going to the Nets. And and there have been like 43 various done deals over the course of, of the summer to this point. So, you know, yes, technically speaking, he's going to get a few things right at this point. But if you throw enough crap at the wall, eventually something It'll might stick. stick. Yeah. So, so you know, and, and, and look, Stephen A. Smith has accomplished more in this uh, industry than I likely ever will. Right. He's one of the absolute greatest entertainers that this industry has ever seen. And also, by the way, he does, you know, I haven't seen it personally, but a lot of people will say when Stephen A. Smith walks into an NBA locker room or or walks into, you know, a setting with other professional athletes. That he has a way of of owning the room, even while he is surrounded by guys who who are at the height of their industry as well right so in that respect yes he he's going to have uh he's going to have connections and and he and and look even if if he reports one thing you know a month prior and then reports something else a month later it's possible that information just changes right so so it might not and and that goes for all these reporters these guys here it's they're just bombarded with with text after text after text and email after email after email and lie after lie after lie and they have to sift through those lies and figure out where where the truth actually fits into all of this. Uh, but but yeah, I guess to your larger point, when he when he legitimately so- cites sources, it's worth listening to. But the way I usually handle it, and the way we usually kind of handle it, is okay. He'll report something. We'll see if somebody. We'll, we'll see how else this story develops over the next you know, hour or so, because when he reports something, it's a very, uh, I don't, I don't mean, you know, loud physically, but, but it reaches really far across the, uh, the, the NBA coverage sphere that we're talking about. So, you know, he'll report something and then if, and if it gets confirmed elsewhere, then we start to see the momentum there and, and we'll, we'll run with it. But I usually take a lot of what he reports with a bit of a grain of salt, just because, you know he's he's more he's more entertainer at this point than journalist, and that's perfectly fine. He's great at both. No, definitely. And to be honest, I don't really usually watch these talking head shows, but when I saw the video from Get Up, I decided to tune in. 
honestly, like I'm the same as you. I usually take him with a pinch of salt. But today he seemed a bit more serious, if you know what I mean. He didn't seem like the caricature that he's created for himself Mm -hmm. because he is a caricature of himself. Like if you look at Stephen A. Smith from like 10, 12 years ago to now, it's a completely different persona. And you know what? Credit to him for creating that career, like we've said. But at the same time, you know, like... The fact that Woj isn't denying it anymore and he's trying to spin it as if like the Lakers are going to pitch him to be the third wheel on a LeBron and Anthony Davis team is crazy, first of all, because that would yeah. never happen. But like the fact that Woj is like begrudgingly reporting the same thing also lent it some credence as well. I don't know what you think about that. but No, I, I, I think with all of these guys, so there has been like a war waged from Lakers Twitter against <laughs> Adrian Wojnarowski <laughs> for some reason. It's been, you know, it's been something to behold. Uh, I haven't gone so far as to see that. But look, I'd be lying if I, I if I said that I didn't notice in, in a lot of his analysis that it sways heavily anti-Lakers, right? His reporting, I don't think, I don't think reporting can really sway one way or the other, though Chris Mannix has, has found a way to do that while he's a Celtics employee. Um <laughs> But like, I don't think Woj's reporting has been has been you know one way or the other. I think what gets what where he runs into some trouble or where some people run into trouble in listening to Woj is it's hard sometimes to to note the difference when he is reporting and when he's offering analysis, right? And and I think that's where a lot of people get really frustrated with with Woj is wait, so is this what you're actually hearing? Or is this how you actually feel about the situation, right? And, and you know, I guess I understand why there's been frustration on Lakers Twitter's part with a lot of his analysis, but I still kind of feel like it. you, you go a little too far when, when every time Woj reports something that is anti-Lakers, you say, oh, well, you hate the Lakers, you hate the Lakers. And then when Woj reported yesterday that the Lakers made that deal to move Wagner, Vanga, and Jones you immediately believe that right so like where's where's that balance there where are you are are you are you considering Woj a liar at all times or only when he reports things that you consider anti-lakers or or that paint the lakers in a negative light oh absolutely and with Woj, it's as a news reporter and break news breaker he's undoubtedly the best in the business and i don't care what anyone has to say but like it's refreshing when you, you hear Mark Stein talk about it. I'm Absolutely. just going to use Mark Stein. Because he tells you, honestly, this is what I've heard. This is what my opinion is. I, I, you, you know, it, whereas Woj doesn't have that. It's either like everything. It, for me, he tries to come off like, remember how Lee Jenkins was before he joined the Clippers on Sports Illustrated? Mm-hmm. That, that's 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 like the the thing that Woj tries to hit, in my opinion. Anyway, he he wants to be this amazing storyteller whilst breaking the news as well, and I don't feel like it suits him. But again, on ESPN, he needs to play a part because we've seen like all the time now that on ESPN, you basically have to play a part. You have to be a caricature of yourself to actually get hits and stuff. It's crazy, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. It's I don't I don't mean to sound dismissive here of sports because, you know, sports. Look, it's my career, right? It's it's something it's given me things that I never thought that I'd be I would be capable of of getting this in in this regard. But 
you know, because it's sports, because it's entertainment, as a result, you know, those those lines between, you know, hardline journalism and entertainment, they get fudged a little more. And 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 I think that's been a trend throughout journalism. Right. I, I think you look at the the Fox News's and the CNN's and the MSNBC's. Right. Where these these people who provide news, well, they profit off of the ratings. Right. And so. You see, you know, whenever you watch a news station, you look down there at the bottom corner of the screen and it says breaking news. And you're like, well, wait, what what news just broke? Why what why is that down there? Right. And it's just a matter of catching your eye and captivating the audience and keeping them there because those ratings do pay. Um, and I think, you know, with with that's you know, that's a more serious issue there because you're talking about actual policies and, and things that actually do affect people's lives in in politics whereas like in sports it's a little bit more fudged it's it's it, you know when you're when you're talking about on the the friday before free agency even starts where Kawhi leonard which way he might be leaning right now this is purely entertainment right now right like this is this is all this is is for fun it's for i, I don't want to go so far as to say it's for clicks because you know i these clicks don't really do that much at this point <laughs> right now because people start to get frustrated. Wait, a second ago he was leaning that way. Uh, an hour later he's leaning the other way. Is he like doing some kind of a line dance? Like what's going on here, right? People start to get frustrated over that. But, you know, when 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 you're talking about the delivery of sports, you, it's 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 a little different uh, when when you're delivering that news in sports versus elsewhere throughout the the, the journalism sphere. No, absolutely, and that that's that's a different issue for a different day. We're here absolutely. to talk about Lakers free agency, as wild as it is. Tanya Ganguly, just while we're on this Kawhi part, well, before we move on, has just tweeted that Anthony Davis and LeBron both plan to meet with Kawhi before, obviously, he makes this decision, which we already knew anyway. Like, that was obviously going to happen. But the fact that I I honestly feel like I feel more confident about us getting Kawhi now. I mean, I'm still not like, I'm like 30% confident that we may get Kawhi. But mm -hmm. like, I feel a bit more confident today than I did yesterday. And that's a good step, if nothing else. Yeah, I look, I, so Pete gave me a hard time on, I, I, guess, I don't know when this is airing, but on Friday's episode of Locked on Lakers, because I said, I give the Lakers a 33.3% chance, a 33.3333333% chance <laughs> at landing at landing Kawhi Leonard because, you know, I think they have as good as chances as the Clippers do and as the Raptors do. And and look, all, all the Lakers can do, all the Lakers could have done to this point is put themselves in a position where they can pitch him, right? Put themselves in a position where LeBron James and Anthony Davis can approach Kawhi Leonard and say, look, we have the space. Uh, we would love to to team up with you guys. With you, uh, we would be immediately probably the best big three that the NBA has ever seen. Right, given where we are in our in our in our various careers, uh, LeBron can tell Kawhi, "I'm here for two more years. Uh, if you want me to resign here, I can. Uh, if if it makes sense for us to continue to play together, we can go that route. If you want me to be the alpha, I can be the alpha, and I can and I can take as much a burden." in the media off you as you want. If you want to be the meet, the alpha and you want to be the driving force of this team, then I'll take a step back and I'll, and I'll try to operate as such, you know, there might be, it might be bumpy, but at least then you get, you get those three guys in a room 
you know, you get them in 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 a restaurant or in the back of a club or or whatever, and and you get those guys talking, and and the Lakers have made it so that they can legitimately go to Kawhi and say, no, 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 all the work has been done already. You can be a Laker on July first if that's something you want to do, and and you know if if Kawhi just cares about winning. The, the Clippers' second best player, if he goes there, is going to be what? Lou Williams, yeah. Danilo Gallinari, right? Maybe you're really, really high on Shea Gilgis Alexander or Montrez Harrell, but like those guys aren't Anthony Davis and LeBron James. He 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 can go to Toronto and and yeah, they just won a, uh, an NBA championship, but that probably has a lot to do with the fact that Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson got hurt in in back to back games there. I would imagine, right? So. The Lakers can, if if it's just basketball that the that Kawhi cares about, the Lakers have as good a case to make as any team out there, if not better, and 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 they put themselves in this position, and that's you know all that's all that fans could ask for right now. And as much as I like Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, is he legitimately better than Cal? I'm not a huge Kuzma fan. I'll make that. I think he's good, but I think he's severely overrated by like 98% of our fan base. Yeah. Um, Especially Genie. Yep. And Linda <laughs> Rambis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I also think that he's better at this point than what Shea Gilgis Alexander is. And yeah. I, while Gilgis Alexander might overtake him at some point, it's like you said, if you want money which I think Kawhi probably does because that was his big deal with Jordan last year, if people don't remember. Yep. And if you want the best chance of winning, like he said, it's I, I don't even think it's arguably the best big three that's ever played together. Having three of the top five players to play together in the same team has never happened yeah. before. <laughs> it, it, right. It's, it's, it, it's crazy. But at the same time, I feel like we have to prepare ourselves as well for Kawhi not signing. So I say that to say this, if not Kawhi, with our 32.9, 32.7, whatever it is, million in cap space, would you target any other Max guy? Or would you go the route of potentially signing D'Angelo Russell to about a $20 million a year contract and then adding other pieces alongside that? So I would probably go, if I was to list the, the Lakers options here, I would probably go... Kawhi Leonard is at the very top, and there's a ginormous gap between him and the next option. I think, in my opinion, the next option would be Jimmy Butler. Following Jimmy Butler, uh, I would say Kyrie Irving. Following Kyrie Irving, I would say D'Angelo Russell at that you know 20 million or so range. Another considerable gap, and I would say you know Kemba Walker. And, and and then and then you know if if not Kemba Walker and and look I can be convinced frankly to spread the money out before you get to a Kemba Walker but I, I do believe though you know Stein tweeted this out earlier it does seem like Kemba Walker is likely going to Boston apparently the Lakers seem to really think they have a chance at Kyrie Irving but but uh, according to Stein he seems to think and and a lot of people around the league seem to think that Kyrie is going to Brooklyn so if those two options are off the table. And it's Kawhi, big gap, Jimmy Butler, D'Angelo Russell, another gap, spread out, spread out the money. Oh, and I agree with you. Um, if we could potentially get like a Danny Green alongside D'Angelo Russell, I know right. Danny Green wasn't objectively great in the playoffs, but at the same time, he has shown enough that he's a good wing defender. He can hit the free. He'd help. He'd help a lot, especially because D'Angelo Russell isn't great defensively. 
But I, I understand, but I also think that Jimmy Butler is probably unattainable as well, especially because Houston seemed like crazy, like fix on trying to get him. So much to the point of having a Clint Capella deal already, like situated to trade him. Houston is not a well-run team. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that you know you have this look. The 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 saying, the cliche is where there's smoke, there's likely fire, right? There's a lot of smoke surrounding Houston and 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 the relationship between James Harden and Chris Paul and and if they, if you like if you if you just if you were walking around in a forest or if you were in in your house right and you saw a bunch of smoke emitting from like the corner of your house would you walk over there with like a big tank of gasoline right like w- would you walk over there and 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 just you know, bring a, a a live wire that is that is also sparkling around there, because that's essentially what they're doing with Jimmy Butler. Right? Like, like, all right, we have this we have this situation that everybody around the league seems to think is legitimate. We have seen Chris Paul and James Harden have legitimate bouts of of frustration aimed at each other, not just in like NBA games where where emotion is high, but like in Drew League games, right? Chris Paul just like grinds on people. And and James Harden is is a terrible pairing for somebody who is that intense all the time, and so you have that relationship, and then you're going to bring over Jimmy Butler, who has torched two locker rooms now at this point. He's two for three, <laughs> or, or one for three, depending on if you're which which way you're looking for in in, in Jimmy Butler and and how he treats his locker room. So yeah, I don't I don't really know what what they're trying to do there. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. The problem too with like what Houston is trying to do is they would hard cap themselves by signing and trading for Jimmy Butler. Uh, I know Tillman Fertitta is is hugely cheap. Like he showed up and immediately put the Rockets under the the luxury tax. Like that was his first order of business there. So that wasn't a very good look with a contending team. Uh, so maybe he would he he would welcome the the hard cap that they would put themselves under if if they traded for uh signed and didn't traded for uh jimmy butler but like you, you aren't going to get equal value if you send out clint capella you aren't going to get equal value if you send out pj tucker so i don't really know what they're doing and, and frankly it, it makes the situation all the more feasible for the lakers to win a championship if they can convince Kawhi to come absolutely and the one thing i don't get especially with houston is you fire all of Mike D'Antoni's coaches, but then keep Mike <laughs> D'Antoni himself. You then, they, honestly, watching the Rockets like capitulate over the last month has made the Lakers seem stable, which I never thought would happen. I never thought there'd be a franchise in more turmoil than us, but, you know, it, it helps that they have Tillman Fatita. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, bad ownership, man. Like, you can't overcome it in professional sports. You just can't. No. Look at Robert Sava. Look at James Dolan. Even to yeah. an extent, look at Jeannie Bus. Like, yeah. I, as much as she seems like a nice person, and you've said it on your podcast, I've said it as well. She seems like the nicest person in the world as a person, but as an owner, she's objectively bad. <laughs> you know, like. But again, that's a different thing. We are obviously like it, we will. If we do get a max guy, whether that be Kawhi, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, whoever, there's still like what eleven roster spaces open after that. Then <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. George Hill was waived by the Bucks today, which is very interesting because I always thought 
either they'd work out somewhat so a deal where he just took a little bit more a little bit less money this year and keep him on the roster. I don't know what you think about him being a potential point guard with that cap exception or any other targets you'd see, but I'd love to hear your in, uh, opinion on that. I I really wanted Seth Curry last year. That was kind of my 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 number one priority uh, after they signed LeBron. Not number one priority, you know. Like I would have liked to seen Julius Randle back, and and um, it would have been nice to have Brooke Lopez back. But you know, once it looked like those bridges were burned, I thought Seth Curry made a lot of sense for what the Lakers need out of a point guard. Just give me somebody who can, you know, either uh, stretch the floor and or. Uh, play defense and and Curry isn't a very good defender. He's okay. He tries, I guess, which is which is a nice start. But he's not going to be somebody. He's not a Patrick Beverly or anything like that. But I think given value, I think he makes a lot of sense. It's just it's it guys like that. This I don't the Lakers don't need. You know, if they do go with a D'Angelo Russell, okay, then give me give me a defensive uh, two guard who can carry the burden because you need you'll need defenders there because you'll have. D'Angelo Russell, who isn't a very good defender. Uh, Kyle Kuzma isn't a very good defender. LeBron James hasn't cared about defense since, like, his second year in, back in... Yeah, like, since Kobe was still in the league, he hasn't cared about <laughs> defense. Um, so, you know, while Anthony Davis is a special talent on that end of the court, you don't want him to waste so much energy making up for all of his teammates uh, defensively. So, give me, give me, guys... It's not so much that I have a specific player in mind it's just the types of players that or the skill sets that the lakers need and, and it's going to be shooting and or you know if you get guys who can shoot and defend in, in, in the same player then perfect great but you everybody that the lakers sign has to be able to defend or they have to be able to shoot um and 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 i think you know last year they signed a bunch of guys who couldn't do either what i think will help is frank vogel is whatever we think about his offensive systems or and whether it was outdated or not, which it was obviously, um, he's a legitimately good defensive coach. And if we bring in Ron Adams as well, which there's reports that we want to interview him and mm-hmm. by all accounts from Brian Windhorst that he's looking to leave Golden State. So that seems legitimately attainable. Um, I feel like defensively, even they'll maximize the talent we have, even if it is not great, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, which is a good thing. Like, I'm glad that the Lakers are finally realizing, okay, we have the most money in the league. Why don't we spend that money? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, get get the best people in. But like you said, we need people, especially with LeBron being f- almost 35 and not wanting to play defense until, like, the conference finals, you know, like... And I understand it. Like you, you want to stay playing at the highest level for as long as possible. And you know, we signed up for it when we signed him. You know, and like this is LeBron James. Like love him or hate him, this is him now. It's you know, we we haven't got twenty seven year year old LeBron who does everything and is by far and away the best player on a team. That's not him anymore. He coasts, but then yeah. when it comes to the big occasions, that's when he'll rise. Or that's what we hope will happen anyway, because we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you know, so. Like like you said, it, as long as we get shooting and defense, which by all accounts, it seems like that, that's the type of people that we're targeting, which is a good step, if nothing else. Because if I see Rajon Rondo play for the Lakers, again, mm-hmm. I may cancel my league pass. <laughs> like, you know, it's not a good thing, is it? You know, 
Yeah, no, I, if if Rondo is back with the Lakers, a lot of our concerns about the Lakers are, are kind of confirmed. He made no sense for them last year. He was one of the worst players in the NBA, and then bringing him back would just be, you know, admittance that they didn't understand what went wrong last year. No, definitely. And one player I would like to see at least get at least 10 to 15 minutes a game at the point guard spot would be Alex Caruso. I... I love Alex Caruso. And while I don't think he's a world beater by any means, objectively way better than what Rondo was at any point last year. Yeah. Right? And it's a guy that we've had in our system for two years now. And this is a time now, okay, we got LeBron, we got Anthony Davis. This is when you use these guys on a cheaper budget and you maximize their potential. That's what we need to do now. And hopefully I'm giving Rob Polinka the benefit of the doubt that he'll be able to do that. But like I said, I'm not sure that we'll see anyway. We'll, we'll know by the end of July. We'll we'll definitely know. So yeah, it's it's going to be. Uh, I don't know how much we'll find out in the first, you know, I guess 24, 40 hour, 48 hours of free agency. But but I mean, the the league could be completely reshaped in the next week or so. It's I can't wait to watch it happen. It, it's it's very much a it, it's. It's exciting, but at the same time, it it gnaws on you as well. Like, you just want it to be over now, sort of, don't you? Because with all the <laughs> speculation flying around, it's wild. And you, you know what? I signed up for this when I started the podcast, but I didn't realize it would be this intense and this crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... I, I don't I don't have too many complaints because it gives me something I, I would be talking daily about the Lakers anyway. So they gave me stuff to talk about. Uh, but it would be nice to sleep like a straight eight hours or so. That'd be nice. It'll be that ni- I can't wait for. It would be nice to go to sleep at like 11 p.m. and not like wake up to like news breaking at like 2 a.m. about the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> While we're wrapping up, I'll just ask you this. I'll try and put you on the spot. But if anyone's listened to Locked on Lakers, you do conventionally sit on the fence. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to expect <laughs> here. July 7th, uh-huh. let's say a week's past. Do you see a Max guy signing with the Lakers? Just gut feeling. Don't have to be a particular guy. Do you see a, a Max free agent signing with the Lakers? Yes, I, I do. I, I do think they get somebody. I, I just... So... You know, conventional wisdom, I could understand. You know, I outlined how I think free agency good should go, what they should prioritize, and, and, and you know, kind of the list of how I would like them to operate. But but conventional wisdom is kind of thrown out the window with the Lakers a lot of times. And and they swing for the fences. They just, they, they, they're kind of like the current iteration of, of your major league slugger where it's either a homer or a strikeout every time they go to the plate. And uh, and I think, you know, in this regard, if they swing and miss with Kawhi, well, then they're going to take another hack at Kyrie and then they're going to take another hack at, at Jimmy Butler. And they're going to take they're going to keep on taking hacks until they get their their superstars. So the hope for Laker fans has to be that they connect on on their first swing and, and, and they walk out of this free agency period with Kawhi Leonard on the roster. The biggest thing that gives me optimism is while we have. I don't know what type of people we have in our front office because they haven't been tested yet properly without Magic Johnson. We have LeBron James and Rich Paul, which helps a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It 
it helps a lot and it does give you a bit more I don't know about you but it does give me a bit more confidence than it would if we didn't have those two guys in the room yeah I mean that's all the Lakers can sell anybody that they're talking to with this this summer is is the big three you know so even if it isn't Kawhi Leonard and and you don't have the greatest big three of all time well then you talk to Kyrie and and Kyrie LeBron and AD is is a pretty dang good big three you talk to Jimmy Butler and you say well uh, LeBron, AD, and Jimmy Butler is a is a is a pretty dang good big three, and probably next year's best big three, still. And then, as a result of landing that big three or any version of of a big three that they head into next season with, they talk to veterans who haven't won a championship or want to win another championship, right? And they 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 that's how they convince those guys too. So so yeah, this is while this is probably the most important. Uh, free agency period in recent memory, even maybe more important than last year's uh, because of everything that's on the line. It, it, I'm a little bit more, I'm a lot more confident going into this free agency period than I was last year, even knowing at the time that, that LeBron was likely coming. No, absolutely. And it, I feel like there is a bit more of a relaxed nature about Lakers just fans and people who cover the team in general, because you have Anthony Davis and LeBron there. It's like, if we do strike out, okay, we still have two of the best five players, best seven, however you want to say, however you want to categorize, and we still have two of the top five, seven players in the NBA. And you know what? It's a nice consolation to have. After watching the crap we've watched for the past six years unfold, it is nice. Yep, absolutely. um, We'll enjoy the ride. I just want to say a big thank you for coming onto the podcast. Is there anywhere that you'd like for people to follow you or something? Give yourself a shout out, please. Oh, uh, well, keep tuning in to, to Lockdown Lakers. It's Monday through Friday. And then, you know, the occasional weekend show, if something crazy happens, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. I write stuff at, at Silver Screen and Roll. And I also have a podcast over there. So, Plenty of places to find me. You'll probably stumble into me. I'm usually the person everybody's yelling at, yelling at. So it's pretty easy to find me. I just want to say a huge thank you once again. Or while your stuff isn't always positive, which isn't a bad thing, people categorize it as a bad thing. I respect you a hell of a lot for saying your actual opinion and not just going with what people want to hear. Uh, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much for having me anytime. I hope you can come on once we get Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. That works for me. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please leave a five-star rating on iTunes. Go Lakers. Let's get Kawhi.